and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. We hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. And welcome, AJW Classics, episode 95. Here we go. We are continuing the August 24th, 1994 show. This is a three-episode stretch here. Tokyo, Japan at the Budokan. There we go. The uh, The previous episode uh, was all about Chigusa Nagayo. And uh, the build to up to the show, what the ticket sales were and the like. And uh, there may have been a misread on my part or a miswriting in what I was reading where uh, X amount of tickets were sold under and then they dropped the entry price down. I tried double. I tried searching for this again. And I could only find my one my 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 one source that was worded uh, quite poorly on second second read. Uh, I mean, the show definitely sold sold out in some capacity. It's just uh, how it sold and when um, is now in question with uh, my original statement in the previous episode. So I apologize for that at the very end of that one because uh, now I'm even questioning what I was uh what I was reading. But regardless. Last episode was about Shigusa de Gaio and the formation of Gaia that was announced shortly after this show. I really enjoyed her tag match with Toshi Yamada against the returning Yoshida and Saki Asagawa. Uh, I was surprised to learn that um a lot of like retro AJW fans and even Meltzer were kind of uh, down on the match a little bit. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I was even uh, on the uh, the blog of Doom here, and he he went like you know like two and a half three stars on it. Uh, let's see, he went he went three and a half. 
you know, uh, I was I was a little higher, but that was good. This episode is going to focus on the big unification title match between Kyoko Inoue and Manami Toyota, the All Pacific and the IWA title on the line. It's also the Reggie Bennett match and among other things. So let's talk about this. So the IWA title <clears throat> is something for the last couple years on this AJW journey, uh, particularly, let's call it post-Nagayo, okay? So like 91 on, okay? This has pretty much been the Kyoko Winaway title, okay? Manami Toyota won this thing in April of 92. Here we are, August of 94. This woman's had this forever. Okay. So there's a connection between Kyoko and Minami Toyota with this uh, particular belt. Okay, the purple belt, if you will. And so we've had one, two, three, four defenses since April 92. Uh, the most notable one being the hair versus hair match in 92 against Toshi Yunamata from Manami Toyota, the, su- the Midsummer Typhoon show. That was two years ago. Okay? <laughs> we did just cover the IWA uh, title match just a couple episodes ago from Wrestling Queendom 94, where it was Toyota against Plum Mariko. Pretty good, right? Has been descend- defended since. So we've gone March to August now. And this is AJW. They kind of treat their titles more like boxing titles, but sometimes we get a little bit more frequent than others and a couple other things. Okay? So there's something to be said there. So since about 90-91, the IWA title, to me, in the way it looks like, is more important than the All-Pacific title, despite the All-Pacific title having the quote-unquote, much more rich history, okay? I mean, if you've joined me on this journey from the beginning or you came in in the midway point, you know that a lot of the uh, backlog, if you will, of past offenses just didn't doesn't really exist, right? And there hasn't been that many champions of the All-Pacific title, you know? Uh, we pretty much started in the uh, Mimi Hagiwara days of this title, and then it was Devil Masami. Both, of course, vacated this fucker. Chigusa Nagayo uh, feuded with the um, uh, Glamour Girls. And then she would eventually vacate it herself after her retirement. So for this purpose, let's look at what's happened with the All-Pacific title up to this point. Bol Nakano had it in 89. Tateno won it. Uh, and that was a controversial fashion there, leading to Tateno's uh, quote-unquote retirement later and how she wasn't able to actually like take advantage of it. There was possibly some backstage uh, grievances surrounding Tateno and the Matsunagas around that time. But ultimately, it went to Aja Kong and Suzuka Minami and Short Reigns vacated again. And then here we go. Manami Toyota wins it in 1990. Okay. They complete the Suzuka Manami story. Okay. She immediately, quote unquote, loses this to Akira Hokuto. 
Hokuto again completes with the Suzuka Minami story. So this was the Suzuka Minami title throughout the early 90s. We get to 92, which is where this uh, IWA title comes in to play. You know, 91-92. We got Kyoko Winaway winning this thing from Bison Kimura after Bison Kimura had a uh, pretty good reign, but pretty much had to uh, let go of this thing due to Aja Kong essentially ending her career to this point as we cover AJW. Akira Hokuto wins this thing back, and then she vacates it. A lot of vacated titles throughout this All-Pacific history. Toshi Yamada wins it at the end of 93. This, this title was vacant for like three months, okay, after Hokuto. And that's going to be kind of Hokuto's defining quote-unquote title reign, unfortunately. So Yamada has this thing uh, through for a couple months, and then she loses it to Kyoko Inoue, who's on her second reign. Okay? So Kyoko Inoue wins this in March 94. Okay, so we have a correlation here in time frame. March 94. That was the last and most recent Banami Toyota IWA defense against Plum Mariko. Again, I thought that was a good match. We watched the Saki Asagawa match. We definitely remember the hair versus hair match. Okay? Maybe we don't remember the Yoshida match very well. And maybe we don't even remember the Toyota in a way match at Russell Marine Piad when uh, Toyota won the IWA title from Kyoko Inoue. I believe that was a five star match, according to Meltzer, that uh, that Marine Piad match in '92. Don't necessarily agree with that, but regardless, we move on. Well. Kyoko Winoue has actually defended this title since March. Okay? At a Grand Prix show, she defeated she defeated uh, Saki Asagawa. And at a Cork and Hall, Hall show in July, so the Hasegawa match was in June. In July, it was against Takako Inoue. And guess what? Couldn't find the footage. What a shock. Can't find all Pacific title defenses. If you guys <laughs> know of any other way, I'd actually be curious to see that uh, double in a way collide deal. And that'll bring us to the Budokan here. Manami Toad and Kyoko in a way unifying the titles. Okay? They have history between each other, between these two titles. And that gives us a decent little history going into it. This classics episode begins with a Reggie Bennett teaming with Kaori Ito against the LLPW duo. That'll be a theme here. Eagle Sawai and Carol Midori. Okay. So Reggie Bennett, old construction worker herself. She bumps uglies with Eagle Sawai a few times in this match, but mostly this is boring as shit. It wasn't until Reggie Bennett, near the end, decides to start selling her ass off, almost hilarious, almost to a hilarious standpoint against Carol Midori. And Eagle Sawai, she's on her, she's on a, she's on a thing, a thing in this at this point in '94, where she's losing, 
uh, title matches to Shinobu Kandori in shit fashion. She's not putting on good matches. She's not in good form. And I just went off on her on some of these LLPW reviews. Because I'm like, man, one of my favorite retro wrestlers to watch right now. And she's just not putting it together. While Reggie Bennett comes in here. And she just goes, I'm going to make this a fun match at the, at the end at the very least. Kyra Ito's also in this match. She dropped the Peter Pan gear. Fucking finally. She doesn't look like a complete dweeb going to Neverland. So instead, she looks like she's going to go to the freaking uh, 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 Garden of Eve with her like green leaves on, her, on the side of her outfit. This woman has the worst choice of gear. I can't, like, put her in a swimsuit like the rest of these people would be better. She can't get the Oakland Raiders. Kari Omori, call her up. Get those spikes. So, yeah. Not much else to say about the match. Eagle Swai hits her two-move comeback and wins this one for Team LLPW. Reggie Bennett is already on the She Cool list. Our next match on the Classics is actually the UWA tag titles on the line. Mita and Mima Shimoda, LCO, taking on another LLPW duo of Harley Saito and Jen Yukari. Now, I found multiple reviews of this particular Classics episode, and people keep saying, or writing, that Harley Saito is a bigger star than anyone in this match. I, from those LLPW reviews, disagree. I don't think Jin Yukari is any star, but I think at this point in 1994, both members of LCO are more over, more popular, and I'm going to say it, better wrestlers than Harley Saito. And I think they're bigger stars. I do. Harley Saito, yes. In 93, she had the Grand Prix run that was pretty good, and she put in some good matches. Good for her. She's not booked strongly in LLPW. She's an upper mid-carder at best. And I just haven't seen the, uh, the, the resume of matches from her that make me think that she's some great worker or some big star. And this match wasn't, like, great by any means. I mean, the best moments was were, of course, the double-team moves that LCO were trying to pull off, uh, whether it's their, their uh, newfound um, uh, suicide dive over the top combination or the uh, uh, variations of the Doomsday devices to try and finish off matches. That's cool. They're putting everything together, and it's really showing up for her. I mean, Mita getting that Death Valley driver into the works uh, from the Grand Prix was huge. And um, Mima Shimoda is... I don't think she's as good as Etsuko Mita at this point in time, but she's got a good flair to her. So, this one delivered... I quite enjoyed it. I don't think it's like a four-star match or anything, but uh, 
when it comes to LCO, I have enjoyed a lot of their stuff, and 1994 is just just getting better. Uh, how does this match end? This match uh, match was pretty slow for the most part too, but there was a lot of counters and people hitting each other. And let's see here. Let me just uh, read what's written here, uh, so everyone knows what the finish was. Um, Mita tries a backdrop. Harley barely lands on her feet and does a German for two. Mita catches her with a superplex for two. Harley reverses Shimoda's falling clothesline. Uh, lands badly. Um, let's see. Harley does a Tiger suplex for two. Um, Jen Yukari's botching a bunch of moves. Yes, I remember that. She's, uh, again, she's not very good. Shimoda clothesline. Uh, Yukari manages a German uh, with uh, excellent, with an excellent bridge. LCO uh, both jumps him. Mita hits the DVD. Assisted plancha dive. Combo to Saito. Oh, yeah. Shimoto almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that spot. Shimoto almost uh, overturns and lands straight on her dome. That was scary. So that leaves Jen Yukari in the ring. And uh, who hits the Super Tiger Superplex? Either way. Match was only 13 minutes, barely. Uh, to end that way. And that'll take us into Kyoko Inoue, Manami Toyota. Now, let me say this. The last... How long does this match go? 23 minutes, 23 seconds. Okay. The last six to eight minutes of this match are phenomenal. Okay? Even if... Even if you include the... Um, the botch and the exhaustion at the end of it all to kind of mess up the finish a bit. Those eight, those six to eight minutes are fantastic. Okay. Getting to that point was a bit of a slog with the, uh, very technical aspect. Kyoko way just loves. Oh, so doing just trying to bend the bendable Minami Toyota all over the place with her Lucha Libre submission holds, surfboards, uh, knee breakers. You get the idea. While Manami Toyota will try to do random high flying shit, and boy oh boy, throughout this entire match, especially in the early to middle stages, she's just a botch machine. Okay? She goes for the no hand springboard early, messes that up. Uh, midway through the match, she tries another springboard, falls through the ropes. <laughs> At the end of the match, she goes for a springboard and just trips on the middle rope, kind of slips, and then just falls back into Inoue. Manami Toyota was off her game. She was uh, she was trying moonsaults and like face planning. Not on her A game at all. This was uh, this was tough to see from Manami Toyota, and uh, in Kyoko's sense. Kyoko was nuts. She was just trying to suplex this woman all over the place and hit power moves from the very top. She did She did like six top rope moves in this for big near falls. And that's the thing. That was the actual... I can't believe I'm saying this. Kyoko, in a way, was the saving factor of this. Manami Toyota was just a million miles an hour, and she couldn't even keep up with herself. Okay? I've seen... I read some speculation that... Uh, 
both people were actually hurt going into this match. Uh, there was uh, supposedly Kyoko Inoue is battling a uh, pulled hamstring, which I didn't really see. If you told me Manami Toyota had the pull like calf muscle, which I was reading, that I'd believe in it would explain a lot. So, when Manami Toyota delved into finally just hitting a bunch of uh, missile drop kicks and uh, big front drop kicks from the top like she likes doing, uh, that's when it finally got into a good pace. And uh, particularly when we get to this final eight minutes. Let's see. Kyoko tries the submission hold. Same one that won her the All-Pacific title. That was a good bit because what happens is Toyota reverses that into her Manami roll. And she gets a huge near fall off there. And then we were just off the races. Uh. There was a Niagara driver attempt where I think she goes into small package, which looks like the Manami roll, but not quite. There was, let's see here. Yeah, so there's a there's a, a German straitjacket. They're trying suplexes. Manami Toyota is literally being flipped over and landing on her feet. She's doing dragon suplexes. She's going for moonsault. She's hitting them. That's a two count, so... Uh, oh yeah, they do go for the JOC and just fall back and it's kicked out of. I don't know if this is the first time we've seen the JOC S get kicked out of, but it certainly looked like more of a botch and that's why it was kicked out of. So then Toyota tries the, uh, the ocean the Japanese Ocean Suplex, that's the one with the... It's very close to the um, a Northern Lights Bomb, but with a hammer lock, right? Crowd's going nuts for Kyoko in a way. They do a double KOTs, which I thought was awesome. And then when they get to their feet, Minami tries to go to the top for another moonsault, and Kyoko finally gets her with a massive I thought she was going for a straight German she does the over the head belly to belly suplex like fucking Kurt Angle out here just insane it's a two count picks her up immediately hits the Niagara driver that's a two count I'm just pacing I'm sweating and then Minami Toyota botches that that springboard and I'm like oh no because that's the thing. You can mess up things early in a match and then you could bring it back and make it to some all-time classic. You know, three and three quarters, four stars I'm here. I thought the match absolutely ruled. I don't think it approaches their uh, match from, I think that was 91 I was talking about earlier. I was looking at past notes. I did enjoy it. Uh, I haven't quite seen... I think I think these two are developing something incredibly special. Uh, oh, and who wins? <laughs> That's kind of important. So they're just fucking falling in the moves at this point at the end. 
and the crowd's biting on every near fall, even though they're just exhausted. So, Minami Toyota tries to do that wacky straitjacket Northern Lights suplex thingy uh, that she tried to win the tag titles with. Or she did win it, but it looked like shit. Kyoko gets out of that because thank God they didn't try to hit it again. It's an absolute mess of a move. And what happens is Minami Toyota does the springboard. So this this makes me think like the the other springboard after the Niagara Driver <coughs> was going to be the finish. And then they improvise to get to this point again because she goes for the springboard, does a sunset flip and pins Kyoko. Unified titles, baby. White and belt and purple belt are now in the hands of Minami Toyota. Good match. Can't call it great. There's a lot of shit going on here that you can laugh and make fun of. And ha- Look, I had a great time watching it. That's for sure. Uh, but I can't call it an all-time classic. Very, very unexpected that it went that way. But uh, regardless, these are, these are two of the... Uh, top five workers uh, in women's wrestling at this point in time. I would definitely have uh, Kira Hokuto as the number one right now. Because uh, Akira Hokuto's run from, uh, let's see, she had her great tag run in the 80s. She came back. As, yeah, as soon as she came back from the neck injury, she was off to the races and have, has gotten better seemingly every year. Uh, it's going to be tough for. Like, I've really grown a separate appreciation of Akira Hokuto. And I was just thinking about revisiting that top 50 women's wrestlers list of all time that I had made uh, on the Patreon uh, a few years ago. I'm much more educated on this uh, subject now. Done a lot more research, watched a lot more matches. And I think uh, I think a true try at that list is in order at some point in the future. Um, yeah. So this was yet another AJW Classic episode. We will continue in the next one by finishing off this Budokan show uh, headlined by the Akira Hokuto Aja Kong tag against Hota and Dynamite Kansai. So we got a big uh, all-star type tag there. Uh, looking forward to that. Hope you are too. <laughs>